You're listening to the Phillies Nation podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller on philliesnation.com. What's going on, everybody? I'm your host, Johnny Heller. This is the Phillies Nation podcast. Coming at you with a special weekend episode. Um, we're going to talk about, about uh, some of the recent news that has come out regarding uh, how John owner John Middleton plans to uh, spend or, or maybe not spend his money this offseason. Um, and then, you know, the other half of the episode, we're going to shift and talk about Jimmy Rollins because it is Jimmy Rollins month here at Phillies Nation. It's coming to a close. So um, something we wanted to get in before November came to an end. Um, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ty Daubert. Ty, what's going on? Not much. Like you said, we have a little bit to get into. The Jimmy Rollins talk will definitely be fun in the second half of this episode. I asked our editor, Tim Kelly, at the beginning of the month, hey, is it Jimmy Rollins month in November because it's the 11th month? And he said no. And I I, I thought I came up with something. I thought I figured something out there, but it was just, it wasn't meant to be, I guess. It was just a coincidence. But regardless, it is the 11th month. So we will be talking about number 11 at the end of this episode. It'll be, it'll be fun, but a little bit less fun stuff to get into first. Some disappointing news i would say so why don't we get into it yeah yep sure so like you said um some some definitely some disappointing news so uh today bill madden of the new york daily news um reported in an article like detailing the losses throughout major league baseball and how it's going to impact free agency mentioned that um john middleton has told people close to him that he's um not really gonna have the ability to spend money on big free agents like JC Romero. Um, that was the only one by name, but obviously other guys like George Springer uh, come to mind. Um, and also originally in the report, it was mentioned that Milton told people that he lost $2 billion this season, um, which is pretty heavily disputed, I think, but uh, it was actually recently removed from the article. So we don't know what the deal is with that $2 million, $2 billion figure. But Ty, I mean, I mean, we should start with with the idea that they won't be spending money really this off season. Like, wh- what is that? What, what, are, what are your, what's your take on that? I mean, it's not exactly surprising. Yeah, I, that's kind of been the vibe we've gotten all off season. I would say that the Phillies will not really be spending money. I guess the original thought was maybe they'll spend for Real Muto and Real Muto only. Like that would be the most likely, but I don't know. The way things are trending, it feels like the Phillies won't be spending too much money. Um, the kind of disappointing news I was alluding to earlier was that the Phillies are laying off a big portion of their front office employees. So I think that just goes to show that this team is really um, going to really going in on you know the sentiment that they don't have much money and they're kind of making it known in every aspect. I mean, I personally doubt that this team does not have the money to pay these employees and pay the players. Yes, they made less money than they anticipated this year because of the pandemic, because of what happened. But let's not act like major league teams all across the league have not made a lot of money, you know, since you and I have been alive. Like they, 
I, I don't know without without teams opening up their books. Truly, I, I don't think it makes a lot of sense to take the teams at face value when they say they're losing millions and millions of dollars. Maybe they made millions less than they anticipated, which I think is is fair. But the thought that they are, you know, now really struggling for money and can't pay their employees. I, I don't know. It's disappointing to hear. Yeah, and, and I think it is, like, it's one thing for, for fans of the team to see that um, ownership isn't willing to, to spend money on big free agents. Like, that's one thing that's, you know, obviously fans want their team to win, all of that. But it definitely, it is on another, another level when you have, like, large-scale layoffs. Like, I think it was over 17% of the uh, Phillies full-time employees were laid off yesterday. Or I, I think they were laid off Wednesday, we found out. Yesterday, and it does go to show you um unfortunately it, it's not it's not just john middleton and the phillies and that's not to say that every team is acting this way there are teams that that are saying you know what we took some losses but we're still gonna you know pay our pay our people but um it's definitely a tough time for people working in the industry right now a lot of people getting laid off and it's it's um it's really hard to see because uh, you know sports it's not just about the the players on the field right um yeah, you know, so it's it's tough, tough, and and for this to come out right around you know the holiday season makes it even even tougher for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't have much else to add there. Yeah, um, so uh, you know, I, I think we should shift to the, um, the the baseball side of this a little bit, um, and this is something we've talked about on here before. Can the Phillies really afford to just like? punt on even if even if let's say um you know john middleton ownership they want to wait like a season or two to recuperate some of their losses um i think we assume that by like 2021 or 2022 fans will probably be back maybe even part of 2021 you know we don't we don't really know but um even if they're they're saying all right we're gonna wait two two seasons and then start to spend money again like can they really afford to do that with with the way that this this roster is built right now Oh, I mean, we've said it, I, I don't know, it feels like a million times at this point. The The core of this team, for the most part, is in their prime, is in its prime. The, those players are in their primes, and wasting years away of that core is not a smart strategy. I, I don't think that is really a, a controversial opinion. You know, there are some younger players like Alec Bohm, who could be considered part of the current core, but for the most part, you think of Harper, Hoskins, Nola, Wheeler at this point with Real Mino, it seems like maybe he's not back. You you would say that that portion of the team is the core who I just mentioned, and they're all up around 27, 28, 29, 30 years old, right? I mean, that that that's the time to win. That that's the time when you have to really go all out for it because the players are at the height of their careers. And if you wait too much longer, then you're probably not going to see their better seasons. Like they're going to be in the past. And so when these players are in their primes, that's when you have to add, add around them and build a complete roster. So your core of players can lead you to, I'd say a championship, but in this case, just, a playoff berth like that, that's what they're aiming for at this point and if 
if they don't add to the core, I mean, we've seen it last year, the year before, they have to add around it or they will not make the playoffs again. Yeah, and, and, and you know, just to add to that too, like Reese Hoskins and Aaron Ola are free agents. They have three more seasons, three more guaranteed seasons with the Phillies. Um, and who knows, like, if, if they um, will stay beyond that. Zach Eflin, I know, lesser guy, lesser lower tier than those guys. He's a free agent in two years. Um, obviously, Bryce Harper's here for the next decade. But, you know, it's still um, not only are they in their primes, but they're not going to be here forever. You don't know that. So um, it's it's like they the thing is, they spent all that time rebuilding. Right. They spent what from 2014 on, I would say, is, is when they really started the rebuild. And um, maybe they got to a point where, you know, other teams just have prospects on prospects on prospects you know just tons of them and the Phillies might not have gotten that but they still have a core of good players that if they build around them they can win and so um you know maybe ownership isn't pleased but with comparatively like the point that the Phillies are at after um almost a decade of not making the playoffs but at this point it doesn't matter you just have to go you just have to go for it or else if you don't go for it now it's going to be another two or three years of mediocrity. And then they're probably going to fall off again. Like, like once, once those guys are past their primes, who, who is coming up? They've drafted well over the past couple of years, but that doesn't, that doesn't all manifest itself right away. So it's not like, um, you know, they have reinforcements coming within the next couple of years. Like they just, they have to take the opportunity they have. And, and I know they're in a tough division, um, and all that. And obviously a championship is, is never guaranteed or anything, no matter how, how far you go for it, especially with so many other really good teams, but like, they just have to go for it. Um, like, I, I don't really know what else to say because um, they have really, really good players and they don't have a ton of them, but they have enough. And they, they just need, they just need like adequate pieces to surround them with. Yeah. I mean, as the Philly zone owner has said before, if, if you're not in it to win, then you shouldn't be owning a sports team. And they have a not the perfect chance to win, but it's good enough. So it, you have to add the pieces around it to actually go in. And if you're not going to do that, then as you said yourself, why are you why are you in the business of owning a sports team? Yeah, yeah, and and it's also too like when they acquired JT Real Muto, that was them kind of signaling like, all right, the window is now. Right, they traded Sixo Sanchez. Um, they got they they signed McCutcheon. They they traded for Segura. All this, all these moves. That was to say, all right, we're gonna try and win now. And then, you know, talking about the past now, but last year to not be willing to dip into the luxury tax to pay like two relievers that would have made would have made all the difference if they spent ten or fifteen million dollars on relievers last year, and and that cost them a playoff spot i i don't think that can really be denied is 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 little things like that and now it's it's a bigger scale because i i don't know what you think it de- it definitely doesn't look like they're going to even spend near the luxury tax this year um based on all the reports and everything um like if they're if they're not willing to to re-sign real muto they could probably do it and and, and make a couple other moves and still be like 15 million below like i don't i don't really know what this offseason yeah, it's tough to to know what this is going to look like. I mean, 
the only team that's really signing anybody at this point is the Phillies, a division rival in the Atlanta Braves. And they've signed two former Phillies who have both kind of like kind of revived their careers with the Phillies and then go somewhere else and become really good in Drew Smiley and Charlie Morton. Now, it's not exactly the same parallel, but it's kind of close, a little bit of similarities there, uh, I think, as I said on this podcast before. But they're the only team really going out and spending, and they're spending some money as of now. Now, they also in the past have gotten these early moves done and then not really done much the rest of the offseason. But other than that, you know, the Phillies haven't signed anyone. They are apparently in the works of looking who's, at executives who, right now. Who's so. going the winter meetings the winter the winter meetings are in two weeks. Less than two weeks. Who's who's making the decisions at the winter meetings for the Phillies? Like is it Ned Rice? We don't like we don't who's know who's it gonna be. Like this this is the time that the offseason takes place. And I know maybe things are gonna be pushed back because um universally like owners are just gonna say, all right, until we know how much money we're making, um until we know like uh you know, if fans are going to be allowed and all that and the vaccine and all those things, um, the offseason might like on, but still like the, the Phillies signed Wheeler and, and Gregorius in December, they signed um, McCutcheon in September or, or December. Sorry. They, they traded to Carlos Santana in December. Like this is when the, this is when the moves are made. And, and no one, I, I have, I could not tell you what possible moves the Phillies are going to make. I cannot tell you, who they're going to hire, if they're going to hire someone, who's going to be making any of those decisions. And it's like, it's been two months since, since Klintak stepped down. It's not like they haven't had time to consider these things. Yeah. I don't know. I I guess with all our questions, it could be described as directionless as I think you wrote about over at Phillies nation. Everyone should go check that out. It feels directionless right now. And it's kind of a, a crazy thing to think of in comparison to just what we're two seasons removed from the one of the greatest off seasons in team history. And it felt like they were on the rise and had a plan. They were building a, a nice core with centered around a superstar. And we're still with the Phillies in we're, we're seeing a, a similar spot. They're still at that spot, but like they needed two years ago, they're, has to be pieces put around that core and in the two seasons since they signed Harper and made all those other moves that hasn't really happened and now it seems like you know they've added Wheeler since which was a a good move there but they're also losing Rio Muto and you know they haven't added the the right depth pieces and the right supporting cast up to this point and who knows if they're going to because I certainly do not yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I, I think, like, what else What else can we really say about where the, the Phillies are? I know uh, for fans to listen to, it's probably um, a little bit depressing. But, you know, this is, this is how things are right now. So let's talk about something a little more fun to talk about. Let's talk about Jimmy Rollins. Um, so I don't know about you. Growing up um, in the Philadelphia area, Jimmy Rollins, he's the reason I – fell in love with baseball. Um, he was my favorite player. Uh, he was the heart and soul of the Phillies team. Um, throughout the run, he was not the best player on the team. Um, I think it was, what, 
probably Chase Utley in 08 and through most of that run, really. Um, but Rollins still without, without him, who knows what, what, what that team looks like. And, uh, that's why, why, why we have Phillies nation month that, uh, at, or sorry, Jimmy Rollins month at Phillies nation. So, um, I mean, I mean, what, just, just before we really dive into the details, what, what was your impression of, of Rollins growing up? Yeah, growing up, we're both in the 20, 21 year old range, uh, in age right there. And growing up when you're first getting into baseball and the Phillies are really good, I mean, it, it was exciting to watch and Jimmy Rollins was probably the coolest of all those players. Like he, the team to beat comment when you're first getting into baseball, it's like, all right, wow. Like these guys, they think they're really good. And then they went out there and, and did it. And that's how, that that's kind of how he, that's kind of how Jimmy Rollins was. He would talk about how good he was, and then he would show you out on the field, which is probably the coolest thing there is to do. There's a lot of people that can talk uh, in basically any aspect of life, but being out, being to go out, able to go out there and back it up makes it a million times cooler. And that's kind of what J. Roll was all about. He was, he was really good. Like he was, he was really, really good. I, there's not much, not much else to say. That 2007 season, the way it ended finished with the MVP. I know you could go back and, and look at the, the stats and everything and say that somebody else could have deserved it, but the way it ended with that triple, the 20th triple to give him that historic season and his last plate appearance of the year, it was a great story. And that's kind of how those teams were. It, it felt like a really, really good story. And in 08, it had a storybook kind of ending. So that, that was kind of the way Rollins' career ended up. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you know, uh, before we dive into like his Hall of Fame case, if he has one, whether his number should be retired, I mean, what do you think? What do you think of, of Rollins's legacy in, in general as a Philly? Like, is he an all time great Philly, do you think? Yeah, I mean, he's the leader in hits in the franchise. He's the greatest shortstop to ever play for the team. And he was one of the one, two, three best players on one of the only two teams to win a championship. It, I mean, I, I think it kind of goes without saying he's obviously an all-time great. And we can talk about the the number retirement thing, the Phillies. It seems like they've kind of softened their stance on the number retirement thing. But, I mean, even even if he doesn't make the Hall of Fame, which, like you said, we'll talk about, as one of the all-time Phillies greats, I think that number 11, like it wouldn't feel right if somebody else was number 11. Yeah. Um, the only, the only way other, like, I, I, I think they do retire 11. Um, honestly, I, I think I would, I could see it happening first out of um, any of those guys, even though uh, uh, Utley was better, um, like I think indisputably better during, during their peaks, like, Rollins was here for what, 15 years. He was with the organization for nearly 20. He was, like I said, he was just like, it feels cliche to say he was the heart and soul of that team. And I think, um, I think like all of those guys' numbers, at least, at least Rollins and Utley, maybe Hamels, maybe Howard. Um, but I, I would be surprised if, if one of those, the other guys' number was retired and, and Rollins' wasn't. Um, the one thing I will say, the only way I really see it going down is for whatever reason, Andrew Knapp is wearing number 11. Um, 
and then that's when they decide to retire Rollins' number just because Nap has already had to change his number twice and you know it, it seems like his bit or he's had to whatever. Well well what he's had what three different numbers in in the majors now because he was yeah. thirty he was thirty four and that got retired for Halliday. He was fifteen, right? And that got retired for Dick Allen and then what is he now? Five, I guess. Yeah, he's, he's five. So, yeah, if he switched to number 11, then they'll have to retire it to keep the tradition going on, I guess. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's 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 dive into the, the Jimmy Rollins Hall of Fame case. Um, I think we probably agree here. Um, all-time Philly's great, no doubt. Um, definitely one of the, the better shortstops of his era. But I, I, I don't think he, he has – too much of a Hall of Fame case. Um, he he was really good, but I, I I don't know if he was ever a top three. Do you think he was ever a top three shortstop in baseball? I mean, like, in two thousand seven. Right, right. I I mean, like for for a considerable stretch outside. Of, obviously, he had the MVP season, but he played in an era where the first half of his career is like Nomar Garcia par was a shortstop a rod was a shortstop and then second half you have guys like Tulo and um hanley ramirez who was awesome uh so i i think that even before you look like at the at just the numbers i think um there were so many awesome shortstops not that any of those other guys are hall of famers outside of a rod but um well he was <laughs> he should be um that's another discussion for another time um I think even even if you just look at that, it, it just I, I don't see it. Yeah, I think he sits on the outside looking in. If he if he if he did get inducted one day, I would think it's by the players or the veterans committee, and I don't think many people would object to it like they do with somebody like say Harold Baines or something like that. Like, if the Veterans Committee one day inducted Jimmy Rollins, I don't think there would be backlash or outrage or anything because he, he was a really good player. Like, like he, was, he was awesome. And, you know, there are, going, there are shortstops in now that he, is, he was better than, and I think Omar Vizquel probably gets in and Jimmy Rollins was better than him. I don't think – I think, I think Vizquel will never get in. But, I mean, that's I, also – I think he debate. gets in. Right. I think he gets in, but Rollins was better than him. And yeah, oh, Rollins, oh, isn't no going, Rollins isn't going to get the even close to the consideration with the writers that Fiscal is. So I, I think it goes to show that Rollins in, in you know kind of underrated. I think he's kind of underrated nationally and maybe a little bit overrated by the local fans. I don't even know if he was overrated. I think he just means a lot to the local fans because of how impactful he was. Uh, and that kind of goes a little bit farther than he was good. And But he was also super, super good. That's not to take anything away from his playing career. Just one of the, one of the most influential Phillies of all time. And, you know, I don't know if he gets in the Hall of Fame, but I think, I think because of that is – that's kind of why the Phillies are in the right to soften their number retirement stance that it used to be apparently that they had to be in the hall of fame to get their number retired. But for re- all the reasons that we've listed out about Rollins, like I, that's, and they did it with Dick Allen as well, who should also be in the hall of fame. 
um, that that's kind of why it, it's a policy that shouldn't be in place. Like Rollins is an all-time Philly. There shouldn't be somebody who's number 11 again, just like there shouldn't be someone who's number 26 again, like Utley, who might get in the Hall of Fame, but I don't think it should matter what, you know, a group of baseball writers, if they vote 74% or 76%, like I, that shouldn't really matter for their impact on the team and the organization and the city. All right, but here's a, this is just like an outside question. And I, I totally agree. I, I think um, the Phillies are right to have softened their stance and, and, and Rollins' impact um, both on the field, off the field, all of that can't really um, be measured by, by the Hall of Fame ballot. Um, but it, it, it did just occur to me that um, Bobby Abreu's 53 could be retired if he makes the Hall of Do you think the Phillies, because he spent, I would say, what, about half his, maybe a little less than half his career as a Philly and probably the best parts of his career as a yeah, Philly. definitely the best parts. Like when they got him, he immediately became insanely good. Yeah. And, and I think Bobby Ray should be a hall of famer. I don't know if he will be, but that just, that just occurred to me. Like, wow, the Phillies could be retiring number 53. Like, yeah. I um, mean, and I think that goes to show like why that policy is bad, but like if Bobby Ray makes the hall of fame, he'll probably get his number retired, which I think is fair. Like, Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's like, if you think about not that fan perception is the only thing that matters. And I I think fans are unfair to to Bobby Abreu, but like when you look at what Bobby Abreu meant to the Phillies um, in an era where they didn't make the playoffs or anything. And then you look at what Jimmy Rollins meant to the Phillies and what Chase Utley meant to the Phillies and what Ryan Howard meant to the Phillies. um, It it, it does seem a little ridiculous that none of those guys would be able to have their numbers retired. Um, Yeah. So here's a question you kind of posed to me in a text earlier um, does does Rollins ever get a statue outside of Citizens Bank Park or wherever the Phillies are playing at some point in the future? I didn't answer your question, but I'm going to kind of ask you what you think. Answer your own question here. Does Rollins ever get a statue? Sure, yeah. Uh, I I don't think they – who do they have statues of now? They have Carlton. They have – is there Schmidt? And then there's like Harry Callis. Um Maybe there's a couple more I'm not thinking of, but uh, I think they're all Hall of Famers. Um, I think I think it, it'd be weird to give Rollins, not that he like he, because because Rollins and Utley and Howard and Hamels all kind of had like their own role in the success of the 08 team. Like it, I don't think there was one guy who was like, "Wow, he's the star of that team," you know. So I could see some sort of like you know sculpture with like like four of them or or four statues of them or or something uh but i mean i do think there will be something with the 08 team at at some point um just because like that's it's really the the most successful run of franchise history the phillies have made the playoffs what like isn't like nine times or like 11 times or something in their yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But, history. You know, whatever it was, then they made it what five times in a row, which is obviously, right. obviously the best run in the history of the team. And they were all a huge part of it. They were the ones that were there the whole time for it. And I, I do think that that core there, you know, we've talked a lot about cores and how they're important. And I think that core probably it makes sense to honor all of them just because there was nobody that really, you know, Ali and 
Utley and Rollins stuck out the most, but it wasn't so much that there was only one that did stick out so much farther than everybody else. Right, exactly. Um, well, one more thing I think we should talk about, and this ties back kind of to Rollins' Hall of Fame case, um, is his defense, which was probably underrated. Uh, I think you, you mentioned this to me before we recorded, so I, I figured we should dive into it a little bit. Um, he was like consistently rated as, as one of the top defensive shortstops. Uh, I think he's second or third in, in like defensive value, the, the fan graphs stat for defensive war um, since 2000 among shortstops. Anderson Simmons is, is first and obviously a lot less innings because he's incredible, but um, you know, Rollins is, has still, was still one of the best, especially at his peak. Um, you know, I think Phillies fans know now after watching the Phillies defense over the last several years, um, how much like they took for granted, like the Rollins Utley duo, um, in the middle infield, like that, that was huge. They were, they were like, they were amazing. I, I remember Rollins had a couple, um, pretty long airless streaks, which that doesn't really matter all that much. It, it's more about his range and, and all that, but, um, just, just something to remember. Both of those guys were, were really, really, really some of the best. Um, yeah. The I don't know if, I don't know if we'll ever see for the Phillies another shortstop second baseman combo that's that good at defense and that good at hitting. Like that, that's rare stuff. Like that is super rare stuff. I don't, I don't know if there's ever going to be something like that again in, in the future of the Phillies. That's not even a knock on, Whoever will be playing for the Phillies in the future, they could have two studs playing shortstop and second base at some point soon. And I, I just don't think it'd be as good as Rollins and Utley were because they were, they were crazy. They were crazy good. Yeah, they were. And I, uh, I could see who, who's the, the, there was a shortstop second baseman duo, the Detroit Tigers from like the eighties that Whitaker and Trammell and Alan Trammell. Right. So like I, I was thinking like if if any other shortstop second baseman duo that's made it in together in the Hall of Fame um, I don't know if there are any but Utley and Rollins like you said I think Rollins as a Veterans Committee guy could happen I think he could stick on the ballot for a little while I don't know if he would ever get voted in but I, I don't think he drops off the ballot I think I think next year is probably five years for him right so like he'll be on the ballot next year yeah uh, yes yes he will. Um, so we'll start to see, uh, Utley will be a little bit later, but, um, definitely, definitely, uh, just a, a different time in Phillies baseball, um, than what, what we're seeing right now. Um, so yeah, that'll, that'll do it for, for this episode of the Phillies Nation podcast. We hope everyone had a safe and healthy holiday. Um, and, you know, hopefully over the next couple of weeks, we start to see some sort of movement, um, either on the Phillies front or on the baseball front in general with uh, guys getting signed and all of that. So uh, talk to you next week. You can listen to the Phillies Nation podcast with Ty Daubert and Johnny Heller every Wednesday on philliesnation.com and all streaming services.